Hey, Hope family, and welcome back to another Hope Daily. We took last week off, and I hope you didn't miss us too much, but we are back to our regularly scheduled program over here, five days a week, and I am jumping back into Romans. Uh, Two weeks ago now, we looked at Romans 1 and Romans 2, and so that means we're on Romans 3. And in this chapter, Paul is defending God's faithfulness against our unfaithfulness. His faithfulness isn't dependent on us keeping our end of the bargain. God remains faithful to his word, and for that, we should all be thankful. In verses 10 to 18 of chapter 3, Paul, using a collection of Psalms, Proverbs, and other Old Testament references, really drives home the point that all of humanity is sinful and under the power of sin. So let's take a look at those verses. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, ruin, and Misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Right in the middle of those verses are a few thoughts on our words, our mouths, our tongue. And this stuck out to me likely because we are going through James in our staff devotions. And in James 3, James calls the tongue a fire, an instrument of evil that destroys all it touches. Harsh words, but a sobering reminder. Those who belong to Christ and have trusted in him are, along with all creation, being reconciled to him. For us, this means that we are being transformed into the image of the Son. This process is often called sanctification. As we mature in our faith, there will be sins and struggles that once plagued us that are no longer a problem for us. Paul, quoting from the Old Testament, and James, holding no punches, reminds us that when we think we have gotten somewhere, to take an inventory of our words. Once we do that, surely our conclusion will be in line with the psalmist and Paul, that there are none righteous, no, not even one. Paul continues in verse 20 and says, No one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Then in verses 22 to 24, we get to the main point that I want to focus on today. There, Paul says, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. It's not hard for us to acknowledge, at least privately, that all have sinned and we belong in the all category. We have sinned. What is harder for us to grasp is that all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Justified freely. Justification in our world is always a matter of works. You are justified in your actions. Your actions are justified by your circumstances. If you do something wrong, you can make up for it by doing enough good things. Doing something wrong can be overlooked because it wasn't as bad as what was done to you. When we think of being justified, it is always works-based. But what can we do to be justified before a holy and almighty God? 
Many people build up elaborate safety nets and self-deceptive patterns of living to convince themselves and others that they are justified, righteous. But that Pharisaic work is death. Jesus says, you are a whitewashed tomb. You look good on the outside, but you are filled with dead man's bones. We don't have to work for our justification. We are justified freely. We cannot do anything to earn it. In a conversation with a friend recently, he shared an insight that I thought was powerful. In struggling with sin, he had experienced a sustained amount of time of victory over that sin, but recently had begun struggling again. After wrestling for a while, he was struck with two seemingly contradictory facts. God hated his sin more than he did. And God loved him more than he could imagine. God remains faithful to his word. God remains just and righteous. He continues to hate our sin even more than we could ever hate our sin. But God loves us more than we could ever imagine. There is freedom from performance in the justification that God brings. God is not giving us license to sin, as Paul mentioned at the beginning of chapter 3, and dives into more, chapters 5 through 8. But neither is God holding us to a standard that we will never reach. Instead, God demonstrates his righteousness by being the God who justifies the unjust. If you've been trying to fool yourself or others by performance, you can stop performing. You don't have to be someone you're not. You don't have to build up these elaborate images that make you seem like you've got it all together. You've been justified freely, not by your own work so that you can boast, but by the, the saving work of Jesus Christ. We no longer have to strive. We no longer have to stress. But we can live into the justification that has been freely given to us through faith in Jesus Christ.